Heyo, you're listening to Edge Coach Quip, featuring our very own edge coaches and community, dropping knowledge nuggets to fuel your day. Hey there, welcome to Coach Quip. This is episode 99. I'm Coach Robin. I'm Coach Chris. And today we are joined by registered dietitian and fellow edge coach, Coach J. Rowe, full name. Jeanette Rowe, welcome. Hello. <laughs> Today, we are all talking about fueling for the run. Really, this can be for the run, for the bike, for really anything endurance. Coaches get so many questions about this. We cannot emphasize enough how important it is to practice this, nail this, and, and don't, don't, don't ignore it. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this one for a while. I know this is now we are in full swing of marathon training, and a lot of the questions are around nutrition. So I think this is going to be a really good one, and we're going to try to fit as much information into this one as possible, but I definitely feel like there will be some follow-ups. And you should probably go and get a pen and a piece of paper or get your notes app open now um, and listen to this one on one times because this is a lot of really good information coming at you. Yeah, let's get to it. Where's the good nuggets? We're going to work this one by tips. So tip numbers. We've got five total. I'm going to give you the first one during the quip per our regular format. And then bonus miles will have two to five. Take it away. Awesome. Yeah. Obviously, I think nutrition is one of the most important things. But here we go. <laughs> you would. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Tip one. Fueling is key. Fueling is so important. Um, just to give you a little background on the sources of energy, uh, we've got a ton of energy stored as, stored as fat, but unfortunately it is just, it takes too long for us to use that energy for any moderate to high intensity work. Um, got a lot of protein as well, but we do not want to tap into that, especially during our workouts, because it has so many other functions in the body. Um, everything from maintaining not just muscles, but every organ, every cell, every tissue keeps us healthy, keeps our immune system healthy, hormones, enzymes, you name it. It has a ton of other jobs. So we want to let it do that. So carbohydrates become pretty much our main source of energy. Um, so yeah, we have to rely on carbohydrates as a source of energy. So we want to make sure we're eating enough of that, especially during big training builds and blocks, um, and we do not want to underfuel. So underfueling just leads to a lot of just negative um, performance, can hinder our performance, and you'll notice lots of symptoms um, like just getting sick more often. Maybe chronic injuries keep popping up. Maybe you're not sleeping as well. These are really similar to signs of overtraining, um, but you really want to check in with how much you're eating as well, because it could be uh, you're not eating enough. And in the session, I when I first started coaching, I was part of a group that was really great about educating how much to eat during, and they had this rule. If you are doing something long and you start to get emotional, mm -hmm. like if you start to lose your ability to keep your emotions in check, you need to eat something, mm -hmm. right? And I say that all the time to our athletes. If they're having just, especially on long stuff, they're starting to like unwind. I'm like, here's a fruit snack, and then immediately you'll see you'll see that change. Not that fruit snacks solve most things, but they kind of do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fruit snacks for the win. Seriously though, carbs are there, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then when you are in a workout, you definitely want to fuel during as well. So, you know, get questions about what workout should I worry about fueling. The magic number is 60 minutes. So if you know you're going to be out there for 60 minutes or more, you want to make sure you have fuel on hand. Um, the longer you're going or the harder you're going, think of like the 90 minute mark or more. You really want to think about high carb fueling at that point. 
And so. it's not, this is a big piece for people. They hear this and they think, well, then I'll start fueling at 60 minutes. No. If you're going to be going over 60 minutes, you need to start fueling from the beginning through the end, right? So it's not that at 60 minutes you start taking it in. No, because at 60 minutes, you already start tapping into your glycogen. And that is what we're trying to delay. We're going to eventually tap into it, but by fueling early, like within the first 15 minutes, you want to start eating, eat often to delay tapping into that glycogen stores. That is gold. Okay, everybody, rewind that. I need you to listen to that part again because this is the part I feel like I've gotten so many questions about this and so many conversations with my athletes about, okay, if I'm doing an easy run for 60 minutes, do I still need to fuel? And it, it's, the, it, it's not connecting that our body is still taking energy, whether it's an easy run, intense run, a, you know, a, a speed workout, a tempo, hills, whatever, you're still outputting effort. So 60 minutes mean 60 minutes like you you have a limit to what your body can can put out right mm -hmm. I, I I just that part is so good <laughs> yeah even if it feels easy the longer you continue to go it it ultimately becomes hard right um, by 90 minutes on average most of us are going to run out of glycogen especially if we're not fueling during that's crazy yeah wow so think about your long runs for sure um, particularly every single long run, treat them like an opportunity to practice that fueling strategy. And we used to say, you know, aim for 60 grams of carbs, but now we're finding 80 minimum, 90 to 120 grams per hour is the new fueling strategy. And just, you know, food science now makes it so easy to make that happen. Yeah. And you're, and you're talking a lot about nutrition here, but also fueling also includes hydration, mm -hmm. right? And so I also have athletes who are not drinking water on a 60 minute run and you know are, are waking up fasted and just going out in the morning and, and training themselves that way how does hydration play into this fuel often strategy yeah I mean if you think about hydration we're always constantly going to sweat and lose right so um, staying hydrated is so many things it, it helps us to stay fueled it also helps us to control our core temperature so mm. particularly on these hot summer days if you notice like you're not drinking enough and you're doing a workout and you're like why does this feel so much harder why do I feel so hot you could be under hydrating lacking enough electrolytes um, so they all definitely play a role together yeah yeah I think you just said something really important that a lot of particularly newer athletes or athletes that are coming into new distances or, or maybe working new paces don't know yet, which is when you start to feel like crap, it could be a fitness thing, but listen to what Coach J-Row is saying. More likely than not, this is a nutrition issue. So what will happen is they'll bonk, you know, let's say on a tempo run that's, you know, 60 to 70 minutes longer or, you know, on a double-digit long run. And then they'll be like, well, I'm just not cut out for this. Or like, well, I just, I guess I can't run those paces. And it's like, well, no, look at what you did from a nutrition standpoint and then see if it was enough. And if it wasn't, more likely than not, it's not a fitness issue. It's a very fixable issue that you can test out the next time you head out. Yeah. Yeah. I would say there's um, a lot of things you can control when it comes to, you know, your workouts, just, you know, all kinds of things, right? Um, life in general. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of factors we can't control. We can't control the humidity. We can't control the weather. But we can control nutrition and adjust it based on, you know, what our environment might need, what our workout might dictate and require as well. I love that. Yeah. Tip one, check. Check. All right. We know that. We got some macros info. We know how much we need to fuel for anything over 60 minutes. 
Next up, bonus miles, we've got four more tips for you. All right, bonus miles, here we go. Tip number two. Okay. Tip two, train your gut. Uh, just like we train to run, complete, and race marathon distance or more, we can train our guts to tolerate the fuel it needs to make that happen. So I hear all the time, oh, I don't like eating before a run, I don't like really eating during a run, um, it's really hard to stomach certain things. That is why we have to practice. So if you're currently doing like one gel every hour and your goal is to hit that 80 grams of carbs to try to perform your best, you gotta practice and build up to it. So obviously don't run out and try to aim for 100 grams of carbs an hour if you're starting with one gel. Oh Lord. <laughs> Not unless the bathroom is nearby. Not the best way to train the gut. But you wanna train it and build up slowly. I mean, same like thing, you're not gonna go out and run 20 miles tomorrow if you're just starting at six. Um, so build up to it slowly, start adding in a little extra nutrition, practice with different forms. So there's a lot of um, good uh, high carb, uh, liquid calories now that you can use and mix and match with things like gels or chews depending on what you prefer and make sure you enjoy it so it's got to be palatable you got to want to be able to eat and want to eat it and almost look forward to it almost look forward yeah. to it yeah for sure and you can use sport food you can find other foods that you find um, work better for you um, definitely in moderate to higher intensity um, races particularly uh, it's harder to stomach more whole food things so that's why sport food options are a great idea Sport food, I love that. <laughs> I call it. It's sport food. It is sport food. That makes a lot of sense. It has its own aisle. Here at Edge, I will literally, if I need a meal, I will eat our sport food as a meal. I saw you do it the other day, and it really grossed me out, to be honest. What are my options? Um, because I think, you know, a lot of people experience that uh, food fatigue yeah. in a race, particularly a marathon or an Ironman race, where you are eating gel after gel after gel. And that's why it's so important to train and see what works for you and it might be a combination of things mm -hmm. right it doesn't have to exclusively be one thing and there are times when I remember doing Ironman race and being on the bike and just wanting to brush my teeth mm -hmm. like I was so grossed out by the gels and couldn't imagine taking in more of those and I'm glad I had a backup strategy of what I should shift to because I'm not sure you know that palatable part I'm not sure that I could have stomached mm -hmm. putting another gel in at that point so yeah use your know your options Definitely, definitely. Yeah, and I'll mix and match flavors even. So if I know I'm gonna have sweet on sweet on sweet, I'll put like, you know, I'll use a naked flavor for my liquids. Tailwind's got a great one. Um, I know I prefer citrus later in a race, so always having lemon lime, so playing around with different things like that. I know people that need that like caffeine uh, feeling or that coffee feeling, so espresso flavors really work well. Um, so there's a ton of options out there. And I would say look into your A-Race, see what they're providing. Because if you can lean on some of that, that's one less thing for you to have to carry. Yeah, that's a great call out. Great call out. And I do think race nutrition has gotten so much better so in the recent better. years. A lot of kind of better brands and brands that have really elevated their own products mm -hmm. are showing up on, on courses of all distances. Definitely. Yeah. That said, it is extremely varied even within you know, the marathon circuit, the different brands that are used. So make sure that you're not just assuming uh, that a race provides something that your local race provides and really look into what that option is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially like international races, they'll use very different brands. Um, ultra races will have a slightly different um, branding happening as well. Yeah, that's yep. a great call out. All right, All right. three. Oh, I'm so excited oh, about no. tip three. This is your favorite one? This, this is my favorite one. Um, tip number three. 
the training session does not end until you have fueled as recovery. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, recovery is, it's a part of the training session. So um, here at EDGE, we definitely believe in recovery, and that includes that nutrition piece. And you can think about three main goals when it comes to your recovery. So first, you want to replenish your glycogen stores. Again, think back. Um, we tapped into them at 60 minutes. If we're doing a long run over 90 minutes, we're going to come out definitely in deficit. So the first goal is to get in those carbs. Um, then you want to include some protein. And then third, you want to rehydrate. So it's a good idea, especially on really hot days, if you're a heavy sweater, to maybe weigh yourself before and after. If you see that weight difference being more than 2%, you need to reevaluate your hydration strategy for sure. Um, any like change in weight over 2% is going to lead to performance, just like negative effects on your performance. There we go. <laughs> and, and what about the timing of post-workout or post-race nutrition? Yeah. So I like to always just have the visual that after a big workout, your cells are as, like they're just hungry. They're really hungry. And that is the best time to feed them because they're ready to take in that extra nutrition. So if our goal is to replenish your glycogen, think within 30 minutes, within that hour, definitely within that hour. Um, and the sooner the better. Um, if I could give you numbers, like the best way to start refueling that is about 1 to 1.2 grams per kilogram of your body weight of carbohydrate. Top that off with about 20 grams of protein, and there you go. And that was a big shift for me in working with you is that, I, in my mind, it used to be 60 to 90 minutes, and you were like, no, Robin, the new science is it's 30 minutes to put it in. Mm -hmm. And so I've gone as far as in our pre-race meetings with, with our athletes, one of my questions is, what is your recovery plan, both in terms of modalities and also in terms of where is your food coming within 30 minutes of being done? Because especially training... 100% we need to put it in. But racing, are, those are our most important training days. Mm -hmm. Regardless if you're using it as a training day or your A race, you need to start rebuilding immediately because in there you've trashed your body, right? They're extremely hungry. So that 30-minute rule, you know, planning, it can be as simple as having like a really quality bar on you. I mean, I love Whole Foods always more so than, than you know, something in a wrapper. But when push comes to shove, something is always better than nothing. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. If you're driving to a workout or obviously traveling from a race or anything like that, you want to make sure you plan out and pack something for recovery. Bars are going to be great. There's really good to-go shakes, too, and these are going to be mm -hmm. easy in a pinch, um, especially if you're not going to have whole food nearby for, for over an hour. Tip four, practice race day. I love this one. This is the one that my original coach always said over and over and over, whether it came to your strategy, your gear, your nutrition, which was plan to race, then race the plan. Mm -hmm. Love it. How does that look like from a nutrition standpoint? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've talked about how we should be, how we should be fueling, training that gut to do it. Um, I say treat, you know, every long run is essentially an opportunity to practice that race day. And that includes the day before, the meal that night before, the sleep, waking up, practicing that morning meal, obviously practicing the fueling during the run. Um, that is all practice or race day. And you're going to run into days where it's rainy and kind of cold. You're going to run into days where it's humid and things, you know, might be a little different. But those are all potential things that could happen on race day. So each one of those are opportunities to kind of make sure that race day has um, goes as smoothly as you'd like it to. I have a tangential question on this one, mm -hmm. which is, it, it does kind of go under That's this, though, is how do you feel about deprivation long runs? Mm. Oh, like fasted. Yes. Yeah. 
So fasted, so we should probably say what those are first. Yeah. These are long runs where, or long, any long effort where we actually withhold food, and there's a whole kind of belief system out there that doing that is going to teach our body to use higher levels of our fat versus relying so heavily on carbs. Mm -hmm. But the, you know, risk is that you're depleting your body. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like you mentioned, fat is a great source of energy. It just takes a really long time for us to use it for anything of moderate to high intensity. So anything that you're planning fast and make sure you've figured out what the purpose is with your coach because they are intended to perhaps teach your body to use more fat, but don't do anything over if we're using like a five zone system, anything over an aerobic zone two zone and don't anticipate being able to do that because you're gonna come out so much in a deficit. And possibly compromise your future training or racing. Yes. All right, tip number five, Keep a log. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do have my athletes write in the comments what their nutrition looked like, particularly for those long ones. Mm -hmm. um, and that helps us to go in or helps me to go in and see what it is we're eating. Are we eating enough? Reevaluate. Um, and that also helps them go back and say, this was a great run. What did I do nutritionally? Let me try to make that happen again and use that system. Or, hey, I bonked at mile 10. I thought I was eating enough. We figure out what to adjust, maybe add in an extra bottle of powder or something. Um, and that can be something we throw into the next workout and just use that log to keep track. You know, you go through training sessions, training blocks, or builds and different things years and years and years, you know, it's nice to have something to look back to also and see what products might have worked for you um, and kind of have that information there. So keep a log, whether it's in Training Peaks or some other system that you might have. Um, we're likely logging our workouts. I think it's a great idea to keep track of what it is we're eating as well. And yeah. it doesn't have to be complicated math. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we will learn pretty quickly how many calories an hour we feel best at when we're doing certain states, and then also how much you know sodium an hour, right? We we can make those calculations, like you said. I mean, like the look at the back of the labels; it's all there. And and I mean, if you're taking four gels, it's just a simple multiplier of being able to do that. So when you know it works, now you have a recipe and you have numbers that support the training. And it's so important to figure that out before you're in that race or high effort situation because race math does not add up. <laughs> like, like trying trying to do calculations while you're actually racing is not the way to go. So it's so important to make sure that we're practicing all of this. And you had mentioned weather in, in tip four, like humidity and cold rain. You know, while our nutrition is gonna be pretty similar, you know, what, once we figure out what works for us, it might change a little bit depending on heat, humidity, and things like that, right? So having that log to look back and say, oh, this was a really hot week and I was nailing these workouts, you know, is, is so important because we can't be trusted to remember what True. we took and what worked for us and how we felt. So those notes are so important. Super important, especially for those like really extreme days. Um, I think humidity is probably like the biggest, the worst. Um, it can affect how well you tolerate food. It can affect, you know, your ability to eat. You're definitely going to be sweating more and losing more electrolytes. So I'm definitely making those adjustments and seeing what that looks like, especially if race day is predicting similar weather. All right. So to recap, five tips for you. Number one, fueling is key. Yes. Number two, train your gut. Number three, training session does not end until recovery. Don't make it go green until you get all the way through that. <laughs> Tip four, practice race day. You can always, always, always figure out what you're doing before, during, and after, and what works best. Tip number five, keep a log. Write everything down so that you can reference it and see what works, see what didn't work, and tweak along the way. All right, this, I feel like I learn something every time we sit down with you. Hmm. 
I feel like I learned something too. <laughs> if you um, need to be found on Instagram, what is your handle? Oh, underscore J-Row zero underscore. That is true. Shara <laughs> <laughs> also has nutrition services here at Edge, so if you want to work with her hourly, she can also look at your kind of training plate of like what you're doing from a training and racing standpoint, as well as your full plate, total nutrition overview. You can find all that info on our website at edgeathletelounge.com. Plate. I see what you did there. Very That's clever. the name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. On episode 100. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Coach Quip. Original music performed by Mend. Follow us online on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Edge Athlete Lounge. Our podcast lives in the blog section of our website. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, and you can check out the show notes for additional ways to contact us. Ready, set, onward we go.